Hello listeners, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be chatting with a companion bird owner. And by a companion bird, I mean a single bird who often lives on a home with their owner, rather than living in an aviary. Now, our guest today is Ruby, who has a cockatiel bird. In Western Australia, we sometimes call these birds weiros. So, welcome to Birdcast, Ruby. And let's start the chat by introducing yourself to the listeners. So, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, My name is Ruby Smith. I'm 21, and I'm from uh, Whitewood, South Dakota, which is in the United States. Um, I live on a farm, about 40 acres, so we have, you know, a pretty big variety of animals, including, you know, my cockatiel Bruno, and then I have a pair of snakes and a gecko. I have been obsessed with animals since... I was like a little tiny girl. Uh, most of my baby pictures are me, usually in a bonnet and a diaper holding a chicken or, you know, between the legs of our horses or, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I've always had animals. Um, my first birds I ever had were some parakeets that I got. Um, and then I had a lovebird named Sam. And then I had another cockatiel named Bo. And then finally I got Bruno Mars. So, what made you name your cocktail Bruno? So, Bruno Mars, um, you know, he's, oh geez, I think he's about 10. You know, 10, he's, he's kind of up there, you know, um, but I named him Bruno Mars. I got him when I was 12. Um, and, you know, I was going through my phase of swooning over Bruno Mars. And, you know, he has that marvelous hair. And Bruno has this big, beautiful crest on his head. Um, and he also sings a lot. His previous name was Rockstar, so I just thought it was fitting to name him Bruno Mars. How did you end up being Bruno's owner? So when I got Bruno, um, his previous owners, the lady who owned him was selling him because her dogs were kind of trying to go after him and just, you know, he wasn't happy where he was at, um. And she had gotten him, he had three different homes before I got him. He was originally bought from Petco. Um, I don't know if Australia has a Petco, but it's like a giant chain pet store. And, you know, they sell stuff like pets and stuff. Um, So he was bought there. And they don't sell tamed birds. So when he had gotten bought from the pet store the people who had him ended up returning him there because he bit supposedly um and i mean i'm assuming that's because they just weren't super patient with him or you know whatever i don't really know what happened the details this other person went and got him from pet kobe he was discounted because he you know had behavior issues or whatnot so you know his second owners bought him um treated him kind of the same and then put him up for sale just on the internet. And that's when, you know, the lady that I got him from found him. And she was, you know, she made him tame and stuff. And he was not aggressive. You know, he could get crabby, but it, he he has trust issues. He doesn't like men. The people she got him from, there was a man there. And he's the one who lost his temper with him a lot. Um, and just... You know, birds are sensitive and you need to be patient with them. And they're, I mean, they're really intelligent. So it can get kind of tricky when people don't understand that. So when I got him, you know, he was really shy. He, you know, he didn't really interact a lot. 
And so we just took it slow. You know, I'd go by his cage and just kind of talk to him. And, um, you know, we always had the door open just so he could climb out when he wanted to and interact when he wanted to. But we never forced it. And then one day I went over to his cage, you know, just to say hello. And he leaned in and he started making kissing sounds. And so that was when he kind of clicked that, you know, he was safe and everything was fine. And, you know, we weren't going to hurt him. And from then, you know, his personality came out. And now he is the Bruno that we all know and love. He still doesn't trust men at all. Um, he'll hiss at them and just, he makes these weird little threatening postures where he'll like smack his beak on his cage and just do his little thing. Um, but he likes, he trusts me and my younger sister Rose and that's about it. You know, people can't come in. My friends will come in and be like, oh, can we hold the bird? I'm like, no, he's gonna, he'll bite you. He just, he's not about it. But, you know, he talks a lot. He says, hello, Bruno. Um, what you doing? He makes kissing sounds all the time. He wolf whistles. He makes up his own little songs that he's always singing constantly. What do you feed, Bruno? And why do you feed him those things? When I got him, he was originally on just like a cheap brand of seed. So it was not nutritional whatsoever. So now I feed him. He gets... Uh, Zupreme, like the fruit flavored pellets, and then uh, the Smart Selects, which is just, it has pellets in it, and then just some good seed mix in there. And then he gets uh, chopped up, like dried um, veggies and stuff, and kind of some, you know, dried fruits and stuff. He loves banana chips, you know, he obviously loves his millet. For some reason, he absolutely resents fresh veggies and fruits, and I know he's probably missing out on some you know, vitamins and stuff that he needs. So he also gets uh, little uh, vitamin drops in his water when he's molting or, you know, just when I think he, he needs it. So it's not every single day, but I try and give him some water with the droplets at least once a week. I realize Bruno lives in your house, but do you keep him in a particular area of your house? And do you use an indoor aviary or stand? As far as his cage goes, he has, I mean, he runs my room. His cage door is always open. He has, uh, you know, a ton of toys in there. Um, it's a pretty big, it's a flight cage made for parakeets, I believe. And before that, I had him in this absolutely ancient giant cage that I think was probably made in the 60s. Um, so now he's in the newer one. And he, sometimes I'll try and keep him in at night because he will wake up in the middle of the night and fly and land on my head. And, uh, you know, I don't particularly appreciate that. I don't like waking up in the middle of the night. So when I remember, I'll just lock him in at night. And then, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'll let him out. Uh, his wings aren't clipped just because there's really no need for it. Um, my window has a screen on it. So he gets to, you know, see and talk to the birds outside as much as he wants. Often on social media, I see plenty of photos with companion birds with their owners in specific carry case type backpacks. Do you have one of these bird carry case type backpacks? And do you take Bruno out in one? I don't take him out of the house. Um, in fact, he, I've tried taking him out of my room just, you know, come hang out with us on the couch and it really freaks him out. He just, I mean, he, he has issues and I don't think we'll ever know for sure what happened to him or what made him so untrusting of people 
but I just kind of respect his limits. You know, if he doesn't want to come out, then he doesn't have to, but um, I'll be sitting here drawing, and he wants to come over, and he wants to try and chew up my paints or my pencils or fly on my face. He loves my facial piercings. Um, anything shiny, he'll grab onto it, and he will not let go. Sometimes we think he's coming over to us, you know, to give us love and affection, and it's a trick. He just wants to come and yank on our piercings. So he is, he's definitely has a personality, um, which I mean, we love. That's why people have pet birds, because they're so unique and different, and none of them are ever the same. And I love hearing him sing. It cracks me up when he comes over. Um, he'll put his head right next to, uh, like, our mouth and start singing and kissing us. And it's just the cutest little thing. There's been times where I come into my room and I don't see him sitting on my cage, which is not super unusual because, you know, he might be sitting on the window seal or he might be watching the fish in my fish tank or trying to eat my books. Um, and then I'll find him underneath my room or, excuse me, underneath my bed. And he'll just come walking out like he owns the place, which I guess he technically does. This is pretty much his room as much as it is mine. Bruno sounds like a real character. He absolutely loves listening to other recordings of birds and stuff. Um, people on the radio, he loves that. He... You want to say hi? Hello. What you doing, Bruno? Can you say something? What you saying? Hello. Hello! Hello! What you doing? Hello! Hello! the chat Bruno from what you have explained Ruby Bruno is not only a companion bird but is also a rehome bird can you explain what are some of the challenges you have experienced with Bruno as a rehomed companion bird he definitely reminds me of a sour patch kid um, sometimes he's sour and sometimes he's sweet. He throws fits over very small, weird things. Um, I have a video of him actually just throwing an absolute hissy fit. I was painting and my dirty paint water he really wanted to drink and play in. And of course that's not happening. And he was hissing and screeching and trying to bite my fingers when I, you know, tried to take the paint water away from him. Um, sometimes, you know, trying to remove him when he bites my nose ring. He gets pissed about that. Um, so sometimes it just kind of depends on what mood he is in, on whether he's going to be a really sweet, cute Bruno or evil Bruno who chooses violence. Throughout the world, companion birds are very popular. And, looking at social media, there are countless cute photos of companion birds doing things with their owners. But... I have the feeling that being a companion bird owner is not always that smooth of a journey. Can you share with us, Ruby, some of the realities of sharing your life with a companion bird? I know when people see videos of like, you know, the cute funny birds talking on YouTube or with their owners, 
or I mean even the videos that I share Bruno they think it's absolutely great and they really want a bird but a lot of people don't understand what it entails um, Bruno screams sometimes sometimes it's in the dead of night and I mean like I said he will fly onto my face in the middle of the night um, they're extremely messy he has chewed up a good bit of my window ledge uh, you know, I have to keep my room pretty warm for him. He's constantly getting into things. You know, I have a bunch of books that are missing pages because he rips them up. Um, you know, like I said, they're loud. Their bites hurt. You know, he's drawn blood from me before. So I guess I just wish that, you know, like Petco, I don't think the owners were really informed of what it's going to take to tame him, the amount of time and effort it's going to require. And I think a lot of people get these birds thinking that they're going to have exactly what they see on YouTube and social media. And they obviously don't get that because those people are spending all their time with their birds. And it's a lot of dedication. And people quickly learn that they're loud and they bite and they're messy. And I think that's why so many are rehomed. And it's so easy to not outright abuse them, but people don't realize that their actions make an extremely big impact on their behavior later in life and they don't forget things very easily. So I think um, a really great source of information, you know, is obviously the internet and rescues will tell you everything you, you know, you should know. Um, if you think you want one, go to a rescue, hang out with them. That's what I did with my lovebird, Sam. You know, I spent a few days out there just hanging out with him. Um, when I got my birds from the breeders, you know, I went there. I spent some time with them before I brought them home. Bruno was the only bird that I actually went and got the same day. And it was just, you know, he was there and I felt bad for him and I wanted to take him home. So people, you know, they need to do their research and be prepared for the screaming and the biting and the absolute mess they will make. And just realize that, you know, it's worth it, but you need to have that time and that patience for them. Birds do make fabulous pets. They're so fun. And if you can, you know, if you have the resources and the time to have them, then they're completely worth it. And, you know, they're constantly finding new things to mimic or stuff to get into. And it's never really a dull moment when you live with a bird. And just, you know, just do your research and be prepared for what it takes. And you will have you know, a great little friend for a very long time. Thank you, Ruby and Bruno, from sharing your story and experience with us all. It has been very enlightening indeed. Now, I hope everyone has enjoyed today's episode about companion birds. Birdman Dad is going to post some videos and photos of Ruby and Bruno at our Instagram account, so you should definitely be sure to check it out. Make sure to check out on Instagram. It's Birdman underscore dad remember our next episode is out in two weeks time so be sure to check back and birdcast in 14 days all right everyone bye